in this uh, second of the series on money, I want to talk somewhat about the influence of money. I'll start off with a personal experience. Uh, some years ago, I was invited to uh, take a time with a few leaders, just a small group with some prophets. And of course, what happens with prophets is they prophesy. And the time came when they decided to prophesy over me. And they prophesied things like large sums of money. And also at the same time, walking forward, not as someone who's stepping on thin ice, but with a new measure of certainty. Now, the interesting thing about this was, in spite of all the years um, involved with money, stockbroking and in the church, and it, it had never really had any, didn't really connect with me in any particular way. But after this, I began to have a strange experience. It was primarily, it's almost a picture that I saw of a, like a big tank, uh, like in a large tank, you can have water, and it sort of swashes backwards and forwards. And somehow in this picture, I felt God was showing me about something of the of the monies that are in this world that he intended to be directed for the kingdom. And it kind of um, alerted me in a new way to the use of the money for extending the kingdom. And of course, money has tremendous influence and influence can be for good and it can be for bad the bible talks about the way it can influence morals and behavior it says the love of money not money itself but the love of money the attitude to it is the root of all kinds of evil in first timothy 6 verse 10 it also indicates that people eager for money have wandered from the truth in other words it's led them astray because their focus has been on money great influence it can have it can also have and be used to have an influence on others uh, in the story of the prodigal son we see how uh, the younger brother was using his money to win friends and influence it didn't get them very far but that's what he was doing Money can have an influence on others, help us to win friends. Of course, it can also be true that we can use it not to gain illicit influence, but it's a very interesting thing. If we invest in a brother, if we invest in a particular need, a particular project, it's interesting because it seems to connect our heart into that. If you give something to someone, you don't think, oh, well, I've done that now. But you, you gain a particular interest. We have to understand that there, there's something about this issue of money and the influence it can have on us as well as on others. In fact, it goes so far as to say it talks about um in Luke chapter 16, verse 13, about you can't serve God and mammon. Now, God is a spirit. It almost brings to me the thought that, that mammon or money has a 
spiritual effect or influence, something beyond the natural. I remember um, back in the days that I was stockbroking and dealt with clients, very genteel, pleasant, polite. But if they felt that they were missing an opportunity or something had gone wrong, these kind of pleasant, calm, polite, cultured people would almost suddenly turn into ravenous beasts. I thought, this is not even natural. There's, there's a force, there's an influence here which goes beyond just a natural. We have to understand the issue of money and the influence of money. I mean, if you think about it, uh, it, can, it, it affects governments. Economies affect governments. We're fully well known in the world in which we live that it's not an uncommon thing for people to murder for money. We can see that wars start for money. If you think back to the Gulf War, when Kuwait was invaded for the sake of getting its oil, I mean, that's a war started for money. It has great influence. But you see, there's a, another factor which concerns us about money. In Luke 16, verse 8, it speaks about... I never really liked this, this scripture. That the children of this world are shrewder when it comes to dealing with things of this world. And I don't want that to be true. And it won't be true if we follow kingdom principles. It will be true if we, if we divert from that into the influences, the negative and godly influences of money. So the way of handling money is not just a kind of useful aside. It's pretty critical and very important. And I don't want to be less shrewd than the people of this world when it comes to dealing with things pertaining the kingdom. I want to operate under the wisdom, the mind of God, the principles of the kingdom for his name's sake. It can, of course, uh, influence not only people that wander from the faith, not only like in the story of the prodigal son. But it has this effect of causing us to serve in the right or wrong direction because of the uh, unbelievable force and evidence of money. On the other hand, of course, it can be an influence for the kingdom. Extending the kingdom, not using it, not manipulating with it, but actually doing as God intended that we do, that it can actually advance the kingdom. I want to come back to another example, because I want us to understand that there's, there's very real value very real advance if we 
follow God's plan and God's principle, even with this matter of money. Some years ago, there was a businessman that was part of our church. And people were impressed about his generosity. Unfortunately, they were seeing something that was more superficial. Because as the Holy Spirit revealed somewhat more of the intention, the heart of this man, he was using his money, as this world would use it, to gain influence and favour and position. And on the one hand, it looked generous and kind, but the on the other hand, it was had a sinister side to it, something that was not to be commended. You see, we can use money to basically commend the kingdom with excellence and expression of heart. And we can give even as God directed. But again, if that becomes a legalistic thing, it misses the heart of God because the heart of God is grace. The heart of God is that he loved us and he wants us to love him. And, and not to operate under law, but operate as an expression of heart. Therefore, tithes, covenants, gifts, offerings, they're all biblical ways of giving and good and proper. But unless it's with the right heart, it has to be an expression of heart. And of course, we have this perfect, wonderful example of Solomon, uh, who's um, excellence of doing things for the kingdom, the temple, and just commended something of the advance of the kingdom of God in his world at that time. See, we can use money to demonstrate, to give examples of the kingdom, of generosity, of sacrifice. You know, there's something very special about sacrificial giving. You know, giving that actually hurts. Giving which is still under God's direction. You know, I remember uh, hearing some amazing stories about people in sacrificial giving. Let me just mention one or two. There was a period of time, again some years ago, where in making a stand for righteousness, it appeared that all support that I was receiving would be removed. As an expression of support, somebody close said, you know what, if that happens, and they had a, a, a salary, from that moment, 50%, 50% of whatever I get will become yours. It wasn't just helping out. This was deciding he would share the sacrifice with me and help me in that way. Likewise, I remember a time when the church was uh, going through some very, very real difficulties in terms of finance and there was a suggestion. We made a suggestion that those who were supported by the church would take a reduction in salary. Immediately, those leaders that were not supported by the church 
said, well, if that's the case, we will do the same. We will take that proportion of our salary and put it in to help meet the need. There's something about that, something about that attitude which remains, and I remember it. So there's generosity, there's sacrifice, there's cheerful giving, there's a joy in giving. You know the very nature of giving. For God so loved the world. How did he express that? He gave his only beloved son. See, the heart of giving is attached to the heart. The heart of love. The heart of wanting to respond. So we have an opportunity. We can avoid the unpleasant influences. Uh, the things which don't really commend the kingdom, the attitudes of this world, the manipulation, the seeking to give in order to get. You know the influences, the things which in the end speak of this world. Or we can pick up and recognise the significance of the influence of money for the advance of the kingdom. Coming back to the experience I had, it opened the way to see that God could put money in and not just by offerings and not just by tithes, but God could make money available. You know, people used to talk, oh, I'm looking for some millionaire to become a Christian and, and join our church and give us his money. Well, yeah, that could happen. I wouldn't object to that. But if we only look at that one route, we miss out that God has set us a salt in the earth and light in the darkness of people to make an influence. And he can provide according to his riches, according to his purpose. And as we look in and look at some of the examples, you'll see something more of what I mean as, as we go through to see uh, the influence of money in the kingdom. Here's my plea. Let's get smart. Let's not let this world ever be said to be more shrewd than us. In the handling, in the direction, in the receiving, in the giving of money. Investing for the kingdom's sake. And let me go back again. To what I feel to me is the most gripping and foundational thing. Speaking about the Macedonians, Paul says, you know, they surprised us. They didn't do what we expected. They gave themselves first to God, then to us. And that's the whole story of what God has called us to be, to love him and to love one another and live as though we do. And then out of that, their heart was expressed in that giving sacrificial giving and by the way i understand that most of what god says is about giving rather than getting 